This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. Good morning, I'm Alice Dempster. And I'm Siobhan Moran McFarlane. It's Tuesday the 20th of February. In your Squiz today, politicians' drinking habits are questioned, a massacre in PNG, Assange heads to court, and some brilliant BAFTAs style. This is your Squiz today. Siobhan, the conversation around politicians' drinking habits has been bubbling along. It came up after Nationals MP Barnaby Joyce had a fall on the streets of Canberra nearly two weeks ago now. The Nationals' deputy leader, Perrin Davey, has also been in the headlines after she appeared to be impaired by alcohol during a Senate committee hearing. That happened last week, and yesterday reports pointed out that Davey is on the committee responsible for devising a new parliamentary policy on drug and alcohol use. Now, to explain a bit of background here, the issue of alcohol in Parliament House was part of an independent review of workplace culture. That was following Liberal staffer Brittany Higgins' assault allegations. It's called the Jenkins Report after its author, Sex Discrimination Commissioner Kate Jenkins, and it was handed down in November 2021. Now, she found that, along with instances of bullying and harassment, quote, significant alcohol use and a drinking culture, especially for parliamentarians, was rampant. Yeah, she made 28 recommendations to improve the workplace standards. And one of those included implementing comprehensive alcohol policies to restrict alcohol in parliament. She also recommended establishing a task force to work through those policies. And that's the group that Davey is part of. They haven't implemented the alcohol policy yet, but a draft version is being finalised. Now, what reports say is that if it was already in place, Davies' behaviour last week would have breached a new rule that alcohol or legal drug consumption should not adversely affect an individual's work performance or official conduct. If that draft policy is adopted, rule breakers could face disciplinary action in future, and that includes referral to rehabilitation or counselling. And in the meantime, PM Anthony Albanese has rejected calls to introduce alcohol and drug testing in Parliament House. What he says is that he doesn't have booze in his office and he favours a common sense approach for all parliamentarians. He says that MPs should act appropriately out of respect for the people who vote to put us here. And for his part, Joyce yesterday said that he has given up alcohol for Lent. Siobhan, recent tribal violence in Papua New Guinea's Highlands region escalated yesterday. Local police say at least 49 people were shot dead in a violent ambush. So that remote region is called the Anger Province and it's been plagued by killings between rival tribes. But police say that this is one of the largest massacres in recent history. Acting Superintendent George Kakas said that they're all devastated and all mentally stressed out after witnessing those violent scenes. 
The province was put into lockdown last year and police have been trying to stop the flow of guns and ammunition to those warring factions. Australia boosted our support to local police after a big security pact was signed last year. But after this latest incident, PM Anthony Albanese says he is willing to offer more help. And the other thing is that this latest violence came after 16 people were killed in PNG's capital, Port Moresby, in January. That was after rioting sparked by a public service pay dispute. So it has been a tough start to the year for our nearest neighbour. We mentioned this last week, Siobhan, but Julian Assange will face London's High Court today and tomorrow. Proceedings will kick off tonight, our time, as he makes a final appeal against his extradition to the US. Yes, but his wife Stella says that she does not have hope it will succeed. Like you say, Alice, it's a last-ditch effort for the WikiLeaks founder to stop him from facing espionage and hacking charges in the US, which could see him sentenced to 175 years in prison. Now, those charges relate to Assange publishing videos and sensitive documents related to the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan 14 years ago. If he wins this round, Assange will stay in jail in the UK, and if not, he could appeal to the European Court of Human Rights. But his team says the UK government could put him on a plane to the US before that could be arranged. We also mentioned this last week, but Australian federal MPs passed a motion urging the US and the UK to send Assange back to Australia ASAP. And PM Albanese yesterday said that he hopes the situation is resolved amicably. And we should mention, if you're keen to learn more about Assange and what this issue is all about, it's the topic of our latest News Club episode, which is out at midday today, if you're on the East Coast. So if you want to have a listen to that, you can search for News Club in your podcast app. And why not hit follow while you're there? quick message now from our podcast partner, BHP. Across the next couple of weeks, we'll be talking to Squizzers about BHP and the work they're doing to provide the materials that we need to transition to a low emission economy for the energy transition. At the start of the podcast, you heard how copper is used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. So when it comes to producing it, reducing emissions is a priority. And that's why BHP is making solar, wind and battery deals to help power their South Australian Olympic Dam copper mine. It's happening now at BHP. If you're someone who can head off on a road trip without getting your GPS up, I'm jealous. <laughs> and for everyone who is directionally challenged like me, some UK orienteers have shed light on what goes into having a good sense of direction. See, I'm quite good at directions, Alice, so I'm tapping myself <laughs> on the back, but maybe that's just because I'm older than you. <laughs> but an orienteer named Ralph Street, very appropriate name, <laughs> says that he simply got started early in life, and that was the key, because his parents took him orienteering a week after he was born. Now, That sounds a little bit ambitious, but researchers reckon there might be some merit to that because they say if kids are exposed to varied environments, it can help them find their way better as adults. Well, they also say that humans develop better navigation skills depending on where we grow up, as people who are raised in regional areas or live in more complex cities can have a better sense of direction. So, Siobhan, that might explain my issues. (laughs) It's Adelaide's grid layout. It's Adelaide's (laughs) fault. I grew up in a rural area, so I'll be your wingwoman anytime, (laughs) Alice. (laughs) 
celebrities had a good chance to dress up yesterday. There were award ceremonies on both sides of the Atlantic. And Siobhan, in London, the red carpet for the British Academy Film Awards, which is, of course, the BAFTAs, was epic. Yeah, absolutely. And my favourite was Divine Joy Randolph. She had this fabulous Mm. dress with a big billowing peach cape and she knew how to work it. (laughs) Now, in terms of the actual awards, Oppenheimer scooped up seven, including Best Actor for Killian Murphy. But it was Michael J. Fox, who's had Parkinson's disease for over 30 years, who received a standing ovation after he got up from his wheelchair to award Oppenheimer Best Film. Kate Blanchett was also repping Oz by keeping Prince William company. Then, <laughs> over in LA at the People's Choice Awards, Margot Robbie snagged one of Barbie's five gongs. And Taylor Swift has been a little bit busy in Oz for the past few days, but she still scored four trophies, including the Concert Tour Award for her record-breaking era show. That's, of course, heading to Sydney this week. And before I forget, if you want to catch up on the red carpet style, I'll include some links in the episode notes today. Quiz the day, Siobhan. What have you got your eye on? Well, you already mentioned the latest News Club episode. So the other thing is that mining giant BHP is due to release its half-year company results today. They've been experiencing issues with their nickel business in Western Oz. So it'll be really interesting to see what comes out of that. Yeah, good one. And that is it for us today. Thank you for listening. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Hello, it's Bryce here from Squiz Kids. Kids and fiscal policy go together like peaches and cream, which is why we're excited to present a special Squiz Kids Q&A this week with Federal Treasurer Jim Chalmers. It's the podcast where the kids of Australia get to ask the questions. Tune in to Squiz Kids today to find out how the notorious B.I.G. has helped shape next week's budget, why the Treasurer considers himself more of a three-pointer than a slam dunker, and why his toenails will be painted with glitter nail polish next Tuesday when he stands in Parliament to hand down the budget. Plus, there's a cheeky question in there about his leadership ambition. All part of our mission to engage kids in the wider news agenda. Check it out in the Squiz Kids podcast feed or via squizkids.com.au.